everyone, to another Ride Along with Jeff and Colleen. Mm-hmm. And a little disclaimer, this may go a little long. We will see. Yeah. We may be emotional. So if you're not comfortable with emotion being yeah. reflected, this might not be the episode for you. But our our dog uh, has got her wings, and uh, we are going to do an episode of our podcast dedicated to Lady, and we're going to talk about how we got Lady, we're going to tell stories about uh, Lady's uh, life, and then we're going to discuss... Uh, what happened on the 5th of October and uh, kind 2019. Of 2019 and how uh, how we're setting up things as kind of a, a memory of her at home mm-hmm. and our plans. So the, the one thing, and, and I, I understand it's not your pet and, and all that, but, but I want you to think about your own pet. And, and, and maybe there's kind of similarities and all that. So, so you'll kind of connect with it. So let's, uh, let's, let's begin. How did we, how did we get Lady Elizabeth Roney, our, our dog? Our little girl. Okay, so um, first of all, Lady was born on March 12, 2011. We know she had at least one brother or two or three um, her original name was Luna, and um, she she was eligible to be registered with AKC as a purebred dachshund, long-haired miniature dachshund. Um, we didn't do that, but we could have. Um, Lady, we first met Lady in July of 2011. She was, actually, maybe it was later than that, but she was... 12 weeks old when we, we, uh, when we met her. She was just a baby. She had just been adopted not that long prior to us meeting her by my coworker's friend. And we met her because our, the friend, the, the original mom, we'll call her the original mom, the OM, she was planning a trip to go back home to Maryland to visit some family. And, and uh, she needed somebody to babysit the dog. And she was talking to my coworker, who she had worked with before, and said, hey, I'm looking for somebody to take care of Lady. And so um, my coworker said, hey, would you be interested in babysitting her? And I'm like, we would love to. It would be great. Um, you know, just a little puppy, cute little tiny little girl, and just adorable. And so we met her when she was uh, 12 weeks old, and... She was just the cutest thing in the world. Just very sweet, very mellow. She had razor-sharp teeth. Mm-hmm. I actually have a little scar on one of my fingers from where she originally like was playing with me and bit a little too hard and ripped, and I got a little scar from it. And she was the cutest little thing in the world, and, and we just fell in love with her. We had her for maybe a week, if that. Maybe it was a weekend, but it was, it was a short period of time, but we absolutely just fell in love with her cutest little thing ever i think that's when we took the picture we started which is my favorite picture of her is when she grabbed her little cow that was later okay that was later. all right but but we did take some really cute pictures okay she had a little soccer ball when we first met her that she pl- loved playing with it was a little mm-hmm. tiny rubber soccer ball and she loved playing with it okay. and we um we played with that with her on the floor with that and she had a long stretchy wiener dog toy that she loved to play with and would sleep with and she was just a cute sweet little tiny puppy she hardly had any of what we call her feathers which was all of her long fur her long hair hadn't come in yet and so she just had these big ears and this cute little tiny button black nose and she had um little little paws and was low to the ground and very long and very lean and her tail was long and thin and no feathers on it and she was just, she was adorable. She was just really adorable. And super smart. Even as a, you know, little four-month-old puppy, she was really super smart. And um, 
three-month-old puppy, actually. She was super smart. She was really sweet, and um, so we babysat her, and then we didn't hear anything, and then about a year later, um, early June-ish is what I recall, my coworker said, hey, do you remember, you know, original mom with little her little dog lady and I'm like of course I do she was so cute and she said well she's looking to potentially you know rehome her because she is um she's having a little trouble and I'm like well what do you mean what's wrong with the dog she goes well the dog's fine she took her to the dog park and she got attacked by two little chihuahuas and so it made her skittish and now original mom is like I don't know if I can handle having a dog that's like this so I didn't hear anything. I said, well, sure, we'd consider it. And then I didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And then a few weeks later, I heard, oh, she's decided she's going to keep her, but she wants to know if you guys can babysit her because she's going to go out on vacation again. I'm like, sure, we'd love to babysit her. I think it'd be great. And so we arranged it, and that's when you took the picture of her because she brought her little cow in. She had the cutest little cow squeeze toy. And um, so original mom brought over some, you know, gear for her and just she was adorable she had her feathers she looked like a more grown-up dog you know she wasn't a puppy anymore but she was still a little little cute little baby girl and um she brought the little cow and she would bring that to us to play with and she remembered us she was so happy to see us when we first saw her again and mind you she's a year old at this point um just over a year old actually and so we babysat her for about a week, and then midway through, when, when her mom, original mom got back, she said, I'm so sorry to do this to you last minute. Can you keep her for a few extra days? I hurt my back and my neck, and I can't take care of her. And I'm like, sure, we can do that. And so it turned, a few days turned into a week, then it turned into a week and a half. So we had her for a good two and a half weeks. And then we got um, another phone call from you know the original mom saying hey um, I'm going to be going away again in a couple weekends can you take her for the weekend sure so a week or so passed and we got her for the weekend and then when she came back she said um, so I went up the, the trip this time was I went to San Francisco because there was a school I wanted to go to and I tried really hard to get into the school and I, I didn't get in, but now if I get in and I said, are you concerned about a lady having a home? And she said, yeah, I really am. I really want her to have a good place to live. And I said, if lady is the only thing keeping you from going to this school, you have nothing to fear because lady will have a home. I said, she's beautiful. We love her. We'll be happy to take her if you, if you really want to go to school. And so she said, okay, well, I'll let you know. And, uh, you know, we kind of kept in touch with her. And pretty soon it was, I got in and I'm going to go. So if you want to adopt her, she's yours. So we said yes, wholeheartedly, no questions asked. We already were in love with her as it was. And we adopted her officially on August 15th, 2012. And we've had her ever since. Um, she, she was, she was the best dog. I'm, I'm not sure how I came up with her little surname. Oh. But I, maybe it was the first. Her surname. No, no. But when her I first looked at her, well, but when I first looked at her, I said, "That's a baby doll." Yes, her nickname. And so I just called her Baby Doll. Yeah. So yeah. she probably was confused because lady or baby dog, whatever. Yeah, well, and then I but, even called her Luna once at first when I realized what her real name had been, or her first name had been. Yeah. And here's the interesting part. So, because I think it's important to tell for her story. So, original mom, I asked her how she came across her. Did she buy her from a breeder? Did she buy her from... She goes, well, I found her in Craigslist. I thought, okay. And she said, and the people that I got her from had adopted her when she was like six weeks old and they were having a baby and couldn't keep the baby, couldn't keep her with the baby. They didn't feel that they could take care of her with a child. So they opted to adopt her out. And 
Um, I thought that was very interesting because, you know, Craigslist. Who finds a purebred dachshund on, a, on Craigslist? And so she was there, and that's how she came to be in, in our possession is, you know, she came to be our, in our family. Um, she was she was an awesome old dog. I think you did, you were the one who definitely called her baby dog before I did. Um, and then it just kind of became her name, is baby dog. I mean, we had a few little nicknames for her. Um, you had a whole bunch. Yeah. You called her silly sometimes. Yeah. And, and then I would call her little because mm-hmm. she was so tiny. And I call her teeny tiny baby dog. Yeah. And tiny, I was starting to call her tiny at the end because she was just really so tiny. So, so let's kind of hop, skip around. Let's tell some stories about okay. about lady and um, how awesome she memories is. And, and, yeah. and that kind of a thing. She was a smart little girl. That little dog. Um, dachshunds are notoriously stubborn, and she is not. She's not an exception because she was. She had her stubborn moments, but she was so eager to please, and she had been taught basic commands like sit, stay. Um, she didn't stay very well. No, she didn't. <laughs> she no. she struggled. She struggled with to stay, and mostly. But here's the thing: she did stay. For certain things. Food involved? No. Stay was not even in her vocabulary. But she was she was really good. She knew how to sit. She knew how to lay down. She knew how to roll over. She knew how to turn in a circle. She knew how to um, shake. Um, and I taught her a few more. And what I did was, not only did I teach her, you know, extra commands, I also taught them using my hands. So sign language, essentially. Giving her hand signals. Um, cause not really truly sign language, but hand signals. She knew all of them without me even saying a word. And when, uh, when I'll tell another, kind of get to this other point, there was somebody we talked with, um, in the medical profession, the veterinary profession, who, when I told her she had all these tricks and said, Oh no, she's really good about doing this. They looked at me and said, wait, you, you trained a dachshund to do this? And I'm like, mm-hmm. She's like, how did you do it? I said, reinforcement and lots of positive, you know, good girl and, and, you know, verbal commands and her willingness to learn, her willingness to please. She really did want to make everybody happy. That was her thing. And so, um, she, she was a smart, smart, smart little girl. She loved to play with toys. She was so playful. Um, I mean, not just even when she was a puppy. As she got older, she was still really playful. Um, up until probably the last year, maybe. Yeah. Um, the last year was a little tougher um, for her. But she was still very playful and loved playing. That was, like, her thing. She, she, In fact, I have a video of her where I told her it was dinner time. And she was playing with a toy. And she was running up and down the hall in the house. And it was playtime, but she was, like... But I want my dinner. But but I want to play. But but I know I want my dinner. And she couldn't make up her mind. She literally couldn't make up her mind. And so she ended up taking the toy into the front room for dinner. You know where she was going to have dinner. So I think she was like, I don't want to leave it here because I I want to remember to pick it back up after after I'm done eating. Mm-hmm. She was really she was really into into playing. And she loved running up and down the hall. Well, yeah, we have a long hallway mm-hmm. in, in our home, yeah. and that dog would just take off oh just man full bore down that hall ears flapping mm-hmm. just going flying full speed that dog was so fast i swear we should have when she was younger should have run her in some like wiener dog races because we would have won easily yeah she was so fast it was it was it was full full blast yeah. running yeah. or it was trotting just yep. trotting along. She had she had really and, cute um, little gates. In yeah, it. she would. She had the most incredible vocalization oh, she totally of any did. dog. She did. She was very talkative. For uh, you know, I mean, some it dogs wasn't, are yappy. I mean, it was. I mean, it was just really. Yeah, she she was very very vocalizing. Cute. Very cute. And and it was very. It was very funny. It was it was very funny, and um, she could talk back. 
Yeah. She was sassy. Little Miss Sassy Pants. Yeah, she, um... She, she used to, she used to lick the air. I yeah. would say, are you licking ghosts again? Because she would just sit there and look at you and she'd just start licking the air. And you're like, what are you doing? There's nothing there. But it was like, almost like she could see that there were ghosts and she was just giving them kisses. Or, you know, she would, um, she had this, um, squeaky toy. It was a little squeaky pig. And it was rubber. And we would squeak it and squeak it and she would grab onto it and she'd, she'd squeak it herself repeatedly. And then if you took it from her, her little jaw would chatter. Like she wouldn't make a noise, but her little, her little, she would chatter because she was so excited about the squeaky toy and she'd been squeaking it so much that it just, it made a chattering uh, motion with her mouth. It was really cute. So, so funny. So I'll, I'll, I'll give the first kind of sad turn is that we, we noticed that she was walking a little funny and that her paw was like the opposite way. It was turning inside instead of being flat. This is right before she turned two. Yeah. And so we know that we knew that dachshunds were prone to um, the uh, intervertebral disc disc disease. Right. IVDD for short. And so we knew that was part of you know the, the luck of the draw. Yep. And and then 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 all of a sudden, two years later, we were looking right at it. And so we got the operation. Yeah, she had back surgery. Very right expensive. Before, yeah, right before her second birthday. Yeah. And by the way, here's a little PSA for you people: if you have pets and you do not have pet insurance, I highly recommend you consider it. Yeah. Because pet insurance pays very well for such events as these if you get like major medical or um, you know wellness on top of that it, it just it's worth it kids so by all means get yourselves pet insurance because it is so worth every penny so after the operation huh? she didn't uh, lady did not need the full uh, therapy no she didn't I'm not sure how long, but she really healed incredibly well. Yes. To the point where most people, when we told them, is that lady had back surgery. They're like, this dog had back surgery? They're like, no way. Are you kidding? No way. She did not have back surgery. Yeah. And she did. She absolutely did. So, for quite a long time, there's no problem walking around. Yep. Not, not an issue at all. Nope. And then there was, uh, she developed an open wound on her well, hip. Before she got the open wound, though, what ended up happening was that it seemed like she'd been stung by a bee or a wasp or yeah, something in the backyard yeah. because she developed this, like, she had whipped her head around really fast to, like, bite at something and then that nothing, you know, happened there. But then she developed a, a bump in on her on her hip. Right. And where I had seen her kind of whip around like she was biting at something. So I thought, okay, maybe she got stung and that's what's going on. We took her to the veterinarian and um, they said we could remove this. We, we don't know what's going on, but we'll remove it and, and, and then what have you. And the first veterinarian that did it did a really crappy job. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was awful. She was not a straight, clean cut. It seemed like she didn't do a very good job at all. Charged us full price for the surgery. I was not happy about that. And then she um, had to have the surgery again to fix what the first veterinarian had screwed up. And so, again, full charge for that same veterinarian office it just really torqued me and that was that's kind of strike number two for me with them um so she had two surgeries probably neither one were really necessary but what ended up happening was she had the surgery and her her body wouldn't heal so it was an open gaping wound 
and it stayed open for a full, what, year and a half? Yeah. And it was always this constant fear of she was going to get some sort of infection that was going to, you know, force us to amputate the leg. I I literally thought we were going to end up having to amputate at one point. I was really not happy with the way things went down, and it was it was stressful. It was very stressful, frankly. And then we ended up. She, um, I, I got tired of getting the runaround and the same BS from that veterinarian. So I decided to go look for a dermatologist because I thought, you know, I'll check with the dermatologist. Maybe it's skin because her skin's not healing. Maybe that's the problem. And so I found Dr. Hall, um, Dr. Melissa Hall. She was at the Animal Dermatology Clinic in Tustin, California. And she is amazing. Um, Not sure if you realize this or not, but in the entire world, there are only 85 diplomat animal dermatologists. And what that means is is that's like the highest honors, the highest level you could possibly... You can't get any higher than that. And she's one of 85. She's absolutely amazing. She's a wonderful person. I really just love her to pieces. And she did such an amazing job. She figured out what was wrong with Lady. She diagnosed her correctly. She had a good course of treatment planned out, ready to go. We were happy about that. And, uh, she got lady healed. Everything was wonderful. We thought everything was fixed. We thought, okay, well now we're not going to have to see Dr. Paul It took a long time. It took a while. It did. But it happened. And it was definitely much. The wound did heal up. It healed up, closed Mm -hmm. up. It was beautiful. Yep. There was just, there was no, like, we figured, okay, well. Now that we're pretty much all healed, I guess we're not going to see Dr. Hall anymore. That's too bad. Really liked her. And then within probably a good month, we started noticing she was having these little pustules, like pimples, like really kind of gross, that would explode basically and form these crusts. And her hair started coming out. And so we. Fall in. Yeah. yeah. We started taking her to. We took her back to Dr. Hall. And Dr. Hall originally thought maybe it was mange because it was all crusty and it was all kind of gross. And um, thought maybe that's what we were dealing with and did some tests. And sure enough, it turned out to be pemphigus foliaceus, which is a horrible, insidious disease. It is not pleasant. It's very, very difficult for the animal to deal with. It's difficult for people to deal with. It is not pleasant at all, and it takes, um, you know, aggressive therapy in some cases and treatment to be able to control it. Lady is one of those exceptions to almost every rule, it seems. That poor little dog, just what she went through in her short little life was so much more than she should have had to go through. And it was really tough watching her go through some of what she did. She was a trooper. She was a fighter. Oh my God, a fighter. Yeah. Even to the end. And she, she was strong. She was sweet. She was well, let me, a beautiful dog. Yes. Let me, let me just say this. Whenever we took her out for a walk around the neighborhood, yeah. everybody stopped yep. and said, what a beautiful dog. May I yeah. pet the dog? I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people. Most May people I pet did, the dog? Yeah. And they came up and petted her, and she gave him kisses. Yeah. You know, and we were those dog parents that didn't mind a good doggy kiss in the mouth. We didn't mind it, <laughs> nope. and so we we uh, we ruined her because <laughs> yeah. normally, yeah. you know, in this day and age, it's like people just oh, I don't uh, I don't want dogs licking on me and everything. We just said nah, right. doggy kisses are great. They're so. Best. So, she would walk around the neighborhood, and everybody loved her. Yeah. Everybody knew yeah. her. Dogs, people, everybody. Exactly. And uh, so, it was really, you know, as as time went on, we had to really keep because part of part of pemphigus, and she also had paniculitis. 
that was yes. the, the open wound. Serial nodular paniculitis. So we had two. Yeah. We had two maladies going on. Yeah. Plus, we had the the back issue that right. the operation went well. Yes. But there was always that problem of maybe it would come back. I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of people that they've had multiple back surgeries. Yeah. So in the back of my mind, that was always there. So we had at least three things going on, right? So as time went on, we had to kind of take her out of walks because of her skin issue. She lost a lot of hair. She, she did. had, you know, bald patches she on was, her skin. Yeah. And we had to keep her out of the sun because I was reading and that was another thing that the sun could cause, you know, breakouts yeah. with this. So we, we couldn't take her walking anymore. Nope. And because she itched so much, we had to keep her in a cone. She was in a cone for a long, long time. Yeah. She hated that cone. Yeah. But that's the only she way that we couldn't get her walk. to not chew and, right. and open up. She was in a cone for probably a good solid year, and we had her out for a few months, and it was great, and everything was wonderful, and her hair started coming back, and she was a happy little dog again, and then uh, probably within the last, what, month? Yeah. Pemphigus came back. She had a flare-up, and this time it was incredibly, incredibly aggressive, and what maybe will be helpful to understand is that pemphigus is, um, it's an immune-mediated disease, and basically what it means is your your immune system sees healthy tissue. It can't tell the difference between healthy and foreign tissue and, you know, an invader. So it doesn't know that your healthy pieces of your body are not healthy, or that are they are healthy. It thinks that they're not. And so it attacks your body from within, and it just... It wreaks havoc and it manifests itself in the, you know, the skin, but it's just, it, it really wreaks havoc. And the best course of treatment is steroids and immune suppressors. Problem with that is you run into potential serious side effects, one of which is liver problems. And so you run the risk of potentially causing liver failure with the medications that you, you know, put them on, but you have to do it in order to control the pemphigus. And then the other thing is, you know, there's other medications that cause other side effects. You have to be really careful. You can't immunize the dog because actually immunizing the dog can give them the actual disease you're trying to immunize them from because of the, the, you know, the active virus in the, in the immune uh, immunization. So it's just this whole, like, it was a balancing act. It was a delicate balancing act. And we did pretty well for a long time. Once we, once we started, once we knew what it was, we started the course of treatment. Um, it was, it was quite harrowing as far as like watching her lose all her hair and stuff. That was just not, that was not fun for her. But, you know, we kept her in little dresses and she looked adorable even without any hair. Um, we kept her, you know, warm cause she was always cold. Even in the summertime, she was kind of cold sometimes. So it was really, um, you know, we, we, we strove to get her comfortable and trying to get the pemphigus under control. That was kind of the, always the goal was get it under control and put it into remission. And with, with what we had to deal with, um, you know, just poor little baby. It just, it was, it was so tough on her, but she was a fighter. She, um, we got the pemphigus under control and then about a month ago, um, is when things started like going south <clears throat> and it went south pretty fast. She had, um, infections. That was a common thing is that she was very susceptible to things like staph infection. And it, it's just, it, there's no prevention really, because again, you can't even well, hands her. are tied. Hands are tied. Because anything quote unquote normal we couldn't do right. no. because of the immune suppressant and, and, right. and all that. So when, when, when we came into this, then we noticed that she was yelping when we would pick her up. Yeah. We took her into the, the surgeon that did the surgery and he just kind of quickly, 
you know, was feeling around, she yelped on her back. Yeah. He, he was just kind of testing the rotation of her neck. She yelped when her, when her neck was rotated. So we thought, well, you know, maybe it's the bacteria attacking you know, he mentioned it may have been cancer, it may have been spinal meningitis. Right. And so... Or a discoid problem, you know, but he wasn't going to be able to tell that from the x-ray because none of that showed right. on the x-rays. So he wasn't sure if that was the problem. He wasn't sure if it was, you know, he would have had to run a bunch of tests for cancer and for um, meningitis, which we didn't, we didn't know the... That's what, we didn't know if we were dealing with that or not. And then the MRI was insanely expensive. And even if there had been anything shown on the MRI, she can't do. She can't have surgery. Right. So the, the, to, to to bring this in for a landing, and I'm surprised that we did so well so far with this. Right. Is that I there there needed to be something quick because her. It, it, at first, the the pemphigus was kind of just kind of spot here and there right. on, on her body, but within a week or a couple of days, yeah. um, she had this green crust on her legs, on her butt area, yeah. uh, and then kind of going up her back. And I said, "It's either get control of this now, or." I mean, all these other things, yeah. you know, and it was only really coming down to one option. And because we couldn't, we couldn't do an operation to fix anything, nope. which would have been astronomical, plus right. an MRI on top of that. Right. So it's just money, crazy money. And, and but, but again, she wouldn't have been able to do it anyway, right. because again, the pemphigus just took over. And really, we, we got down to the, the, the options were... We could try and bathe her every day, yeah. make her comfortable. That wasn't necessarily going to heal the pemphigus or get it under control, but at least it would make her comfortable, potentially. The other option was we put her on a different type of steroid or medication that would cause, most likely cause liver problems. Yeah. Not really a good option. Another medication that we could have put her on was most likely going to cause kidney failure. Um, and then the last option was giving her injections every day for something that would burn her every time we gave her the injection. <clears throat> and we just said, look, this isn't fair to her. All we're doing is we could, for the next 10, 15, 20 years, well, maybe not 20, but for sure for the next 10 years, we could probably do this. And all we're doing is legitimately just spending money to keep her relatively sort of comfortable. Now, here's the other thing to, to factor in. Not only do we have her on these immune suppressors and steroids, and we upped the steroid, which is supposed to be an anti-inflammatory. Recently, yeah. Right. We just did this like a week ago. Right. She's supposed to be on the, or a couple weeks ago, she's supposed to be on an anti-inflammatory. The, the steroid is an anti-inflammatory. It's supposed to help control the pemphigus, along with this uh, immune suppressor. She was also, because she was in pain and having trouble walking, could barely roll herself over to get up from a laying down position. Yeah. She was on Tramadol. Yeah. And Tramadol is a fairly powerful, potent pain reliever. I mean, aside from, like literally having a morphine drip on that dog, I don't know how we could have made her more comfortable. And she was still in pain. Yeah. She was still she, she in would pain. kind of wheeze like kind of yeah. in, in, in like it was painful very uncomfortable. wheeze yes. when I would carry her. Uh, and so I knew that something, I knew that something was wrong. Well, and for so. me, I honestly truly believe that the, the, you know, the grunting and the moaning and pain, the wheezing and pain was her skin was on fire practically. Yeah. And so legitimately, I don't, there really wasn't a whole lot we could have done for her. Yeah, and I mean, we were just prolonging her, we, we had, her misery. We had, we had this medicine cocktail that wasn't controlling anything. No. Now, there was one of the medications that would kick in around a month. 
but I, I just looked at her. I mean, you could feel all the, the crusty stuff on her leg when you yeah. picked her up. And, and I said, the best thing to do for this dog is give this dog peace. And there's only one way to do it. And that's, you know, I said, when we went to the vet yesterday with Lady, yeah. I said, I'm going to hear what the doctor has to say. Yeah. And if we have a viable option, we're going to, we'll try it. But if not, we're going to have to put her to sleep. Yeah. And at the end of listening, yeah. I said, that's what I think. I asked Colleen what she thought. Yeah. And we came into agreement. I asked her a couple of times because I did not want to railroad this at no, all. No, of course not. And we both felt that that was the best, the best option. This, you know, as you are aware as listeners of this podcast, we don't have children, but we had the greatest dog in the world, mm -hmm. and she was our baby. I know it's not the same thing as a human child, no, but. but that was our fur baby. Yeah. So we uh, we spent a lot of time getting doggy kisses, you know, telling her we loved her, yeah. and the trying to just not make her. I, you know, I was trying to touch her, but not make her feel pain. Right. Because I knew that it was really painful for her, and I found one little spot kind of on her face, real close to her eye. In her, in her ear and I could kind of just gently stroke her fur and tell her I loved her. Yep. The staff at the... Uh, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, Dr. Hall moved up to L.A. Yeah. So so we were driving up to L.A. to take her to the veterinarian, to her dermatologist, because we trusted only her. Yeah. And so she went to Metropolitan Animal Specialty Hospital. If you're in the L.A. area and you need some place to take your dog, it's a 24-hour hospital. They're phenomenal. Yeah. Like, legitimately one of the best hospitals I've ever been to. And then we've taken her a few. The, the staff was very, very helpful. They were kind. very kind and compassionate. They, they yeah. helped us through the process. Yeah. Uh, I was in a fog. Yeah. I really didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And, but I knew, I knew we had to give Lady Peace. I knew it. Yeah. And so. And Dr. Hall was so good. She, um, it really impacted her too. Yeah. She, she cried a little. Sorry. <laughs> because she loved Lady too. So, so as, as Colleen said, Dr. Hall figured out <laughs> what was wrong with Lady. Yeah. And we saw great success. But unfortunately, with... It had been so long. The dog had been on steroids. Right. She had no strength in her no. legs. Muscle atrophy. The, complete the, total muscle atrophy. The immune system suppression. Again, our hands were tied. Yeah. We we had no... We could not win this fight. She and could. So, there was no so way. So the only way to win was to give her peace. And so Dr. Hall uh, did the... She administered. Yeah, and the, she was there. She was. So, and and just so you know, I know we <clears throat> we had another dog <clears throat> that we had to put to sleep, and it was so difficult for us emotionally to do that we couldn't be there when they did it. We just told them to. We gave him his goodbyes and we let him go, and that is the biggest regret. He had to be put down. It was unfortunate that we just had to do it. It was not. There was no. There. He was another dachshund. Yeah. The, the back legs yeah. to just gave out. And more. this was much worse than Lady's situation. If yeah. we'd if we'd had the option of being able to, you know, do surgery on him, we would have absolutely done it. But but with with him, unfortunately, it was just it was it was there was no option. So when we put him to sleep, it was really tough, and we felt so guilty about it <clears throat> that we just let them take him in the back and take care of him. Yeah. And that has been my biggest regret about that whole entire situation from the minute it happened. I realized afterwards it was the mistake of a lifetime, <clears throat> but I felt so bad. We can't go back. 
and I couldn't do anything about it. And I'd read online before that when it's time to say goodbye to your pet, if you've got to put them to sleep, I mean, look, nobody wants to do that. It's never pleasant. But if you've got to do it, please, as hard as you might think it might be, please stay with your pet. Because when they're leaving this earth, all they're doing is looking for you. They're scared. They're not sure what's happening. Yeah. And all they want to do is see you and feel safe. She she looked very peaceful. She did. And because we, we were, were we were talking to we her. We were talking to her. It was just the three of us in the room. Yeah. It was very quiet. Mm-hmm. Very somber, but also very peaceful. And it was much easier. It wasn't easy at all, let me just tell right. you. But it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I managed to maintain a semblance of decorum. Um, it's one of those things that happens really quickly, to be truthful. And I, I, you know, I love the fact that Dr. Hall was amazing and told us what she was doing every step of the way and told us how it was going to go down. She said, this is what happens. We give them an anesthetic. It, they don't feel any pain. They don't feel anything. It kind of puts them to sleep, essentially. Not all the way to sleep, but right. puts them in a, in a relaxed state so they're not they're not aware of what's really going on around them. And then they finally administer the drug that it, that stops their heart. And it happened so quickly, and I expected her to just be there and, like, we would talk to her for a while. And Dr. Hall administered the final drug after doing several flushes and, and, and what have you. And um, she did her, took her stethoscope out. Yeah. She listened for a few seconds. And then she said she's gone. And then she started crying. Lady loved, loved Dr. Hall. She loved going to the vet. It sounds crazy, but she did. She was a crazy little dog. So and she uh, she went peacefully, and she went knowing that she was loved. The the one thing that that I I want to interject here is that if you are not getting the answers that you need from your vet, yeah, go to another vet. Yeah, find if it's a specialist. I know no one's made of money. I totally understand and that, but get the answers. That you need. Just so you know, Dr. Hall's visits were not that much more expensive than a regular veterinarian visit, and she was worth every penny. Because she gave us a good few extra years with our girl that I don't know that we would have had had we kept going to the same original vet. Which, by the way, we fired that veterinarian, um, and we found a new veterinarian clinic um, here in Orange, OC Veterinary Medical Center. They are fantastic as well. They were very com- kind and compassionate with us and they were really good to say look i'm not sure what this is so i would recommend that you go see a specialist you know knowing you had a a, you know back specialist you probably want to take her back to that neurologist and we did and they were good about not trying to like you know diagnose something that they couldn't um unlike the first veterinarian which is why we went to dr hall in the first place so So, and and we did we did mention that, uh, you know, with their, all the other things going on, you know, surgery was not um, even a viable thing. It wasn't. I, I've, I've, I've gone back and forth. I know, babe. I know. What we did was the right thing. There's no question in my mind. It hurts like hell. I miss that dog. But I couldn't stand to see her in pain. And Dr. Hall even said, when we were discussing this as an option, she said, usually if you look at the three things that your dog or your cat loves to do more than anything else in the world, if they are not able to do two out of those three things 
in, in other words, if they're, if they're only able to do one or even none of those things, it's not a quality of life. And that, and that's kind of where I was, uh, I was zeroing in is quality of life. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't see it there. I it wasn't there for the last hate, month and a half. She hated that comb. Oh God, she hated the comb. And, and you know, when, when a doctor, and I understand, they just said, well, let's give her the tramitol and the gabuprofen and, and uh, all, all the med, all the meds, and we'll just give her crate rest and time. I, I'm just like, well, that's pretty much a death sentence for, for a dog that, that enjoys going around the neighborhood and meeting people. And I mean, I, I get it. But it wasn't permanent. So, that was never a permanent right. solution. It was a temporary solution. And we were hoping that was all we were dealing with. She's had staph infections before where she's been, you know, where we thought she was a death yeah. door before she's had, you know, other issues where we thought, you know, gosh, is this it? I mean, really, we've got to, we got to fix this. And then she gets meds and she's fine. Yep. This was okay. different. This was right. very different. Okay. So, and by the way, I want to clarify, it's tramadol yeah. and gabapentin. All right. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me kind of get it together now. Uh, we made the right decision. We did. We, we weighed all the options. We collected all the different sides. And I feel at the end of the day, we made the right decision. Is it painful? Yes. Beyond. Do we miss her? Yes. Oh yeah. And but we gave her peace, which I don't think she was going to get here on this earth. So no. I feel I feel good about that, and that's yeah. all I feel yeah. good about. We have a lot of peace about this. It's not. It's not what we wanted. It's not. It wasn't the plan. The plan was for her to go in her old age, you know, 12, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old dog, just trotting along. This 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 Pemphigus basically took her over. And and yeah. before it got too bad, the, the only way I can really think about it is we, we took care of it the only way we knew how. And that's what we did. So, um, you know, today, you know, it's been, it's been a tough day. There's going to be a lot of tough days ahead for us. Because Um, when we're recording this, it just happened yesterday. Right. That's why we wanted to do this while it was fresh in our mind. We wanted to talk about her and talk about how funny and silly she was. And she was, she was very funny. She had, you know, favorite things. I want to kind of go through some of her favorite things just because I think we didn't talk about that enough. I think we talked too much about Right. Or more than, you know, we planned on, on just the illnesses. But, um, you know, she she loved, she had this one um, toy. It was a Martha Stewart uh, round head with a rope candle body, basically, um, of a fox. And this little dog, um, she had a really high prey drive, meaning she would go after like she, if she was in germany and was digging for badgers she would have gone after him no fear she had a really high prey drive but she would take her toys and the minute she'd get a new one she would immediately kill the squeaker in it yeah love squeaky toys but would kill the squeaky t- squeaker in it and for whatever reason she chose not to do it with the fox and i don't know if it was because she just wanted to keep one that had a squeaker or if she just could not kill it the way it was constructed, just because she was able to deal with all of her other toys. Literally every other toy she has that was squeaky, squeaker's dead. Gone. No more yeah. squeaker. Um, she loved her, her fox. That was her favorite toy. And she would bring it to us on a regular basis. And I know that that's an offering of love. So she would do that. And then the other thing she loved, she loved um, to run up and down the hall. We talked about that quite a bit. We loved that she loved blueberries. Oh my God, that dog loved blueberries so much it was ridiculous. Unfortunately, we had to put the me- all the meds in yeah. blueberries. Yeah. So I mean, because she well because we originally we were giving her sunflower butter, right. but and she would just like get such a big chunk of it. Even if we did a small piece, it would stick to the roof of her mouth, and she scared herself once. I saw her do it. Uh-huh. She got such a big huge chunk that she couldn't breathe. She like felt like she was not 
you know, she was, she, it wasn't, she wasn't choking, but she knew she was having trouble. So she didn't like it. And so then after that, she wouldn't take blueberry. She wouldn't take her meds in the, in the sunflower butter. So she loved blueberries. Yep. And then uh, you found that she loved lettuce. Oh my God. Weirdest thing I've ever heard in a dog. I've never met another dog that loves lettuce. Like this dog loved lettuce. She loved lettuce. Romaine especially, but she loved lettuce. If I had lettuce in the house, she had to have some of it. She loved cabbage. She loved broccoli. Oh, my God, she loved broccoli. And green beans, fresh um, fresh green beans. She loved that. She loved carrots. Yeah. She um, would always do this cute little chomping thing that would make, make it like a <laughs> noise. It was really cute the way she would chew. She, she, was... she hated the cats in the back. Oh, yeah. In, in the house oh behind God. us. Because the cats would... You know, walk sit around, fence. sit on the fence, and bought, you know, kind taunt of leer her. at her and taunt her. Uh, also, you know, yeah. we're kind of like, uh, we're like a farm over here. I mean, we don't live on a farm, but, you know, we have all kinds of wild critters going around. Rats. Squirrels. Squirrels. Possums. possums and she would just go crazy, you know. Yeah, she wanted to get chasing at Chasing and, and yeah. barking and. Uh, she was super protective of us. Super protective. We couldn't leave the door open when we were bringing in mm-hmm. the the uh, groceries. Yeah. Because when a car or somebody w- walked by on the sidewalk, she would just go crazy. Yeah. And and if, if there was a motorcycle, like a Harley or something, yeah. she felt like it was a an um, an evil animal growling. Yeah. And so she would just take off barking, boy. She. <laughs> She's protecting she us from yeah. from the monster out there. She she was uh, she was sitting with me on the couch one day, and I was watching old I Love Lucy reruns, and the episode with Rock Hudson by the pool when they visited Hollywood was on, and he tells a story where he uses he whistles for part of the story. Every time he says a word, he whistles, and so he started doing that, and she immediately ran down the ramp and stood in front of that TV and barked at him. And I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. So I stopped it, rewound it, and then she did the barking thing, and I got a video of it somewhere. She was just, she was a funny little dog. She she would, she would push the envelope. She knew where she could, like, push the envelope. And she'd act like she was, like, what? Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to not do that. Right. Like, when she stood on the arm of the couch, uh-huh. she was not supposed to do that because no. I didn't want her falling off. Right. I mean, the, the, this dog... You know, with she was the back problems and all that. Yeah. She's a little mountain goat. You know, she would stand there. Um, I, I do want to quickly, quickly want to thank the uh, Once Upon a Time fan podcast listeners. Because of their purchases on Amazon, we were able to buy our ramp for Lee. Oh, yeah. I want to thank you. If you had any purchases through our link back in the day. I want to thank you from my heart yeah. for that ramp. She loved that ramp. She used it mm-hmm. all the she time. And did. that really, I think, you know, probably gave her some extra time. Yeah. You know? It definitely helped. So. For sure did not um, put us in a position where we were considering, you know, uh, another surgery. That's for sure. Right. You know, another back surgery. Um, one of the other things I was just thinking about was that she used to love, every time I'd get a blanket, she'd take it over and it was her yep, blanket. Right. I'd get these great blankets because, you know, I get kind of cold in the wintertime and I'd sit cozy, comfy, you know, wrapped up, even with the heater on, I still would get cold and I would, uh, I'd curl up with those and she'd jump in my lap and then I'd fling the blanket down and then she'd like arrange it to her liking yeah. and then all of a sudden it was her blanket and it, it, they became her blankets and yeah. uh so on she the way took home, them over yeah. yeah i dropped off her extra food we donated it to our our primary veterinarian office um because we wanted them to be able to pass that forward to you know some other little animals that might have needed the you know the good food and um on the way back home i was just thinking about that and i just kind of told her i'm like those blankets are now mine, baby dog. Yeah. They'll always be yours, but I'm taking them back. Yeah. And I'll cuddle with them and think of you. Well, and the same thing with pillows, too. If there's a pillow on the floor, oh, she it, would always yeah. crawl on top and say, oh, oh this is for me. Dude, there I was, guess this is for me. There was a point within the last probably like 
probably three weeks ago, I think it was, I was laying on the floor. I grabbed one of the couch pillows and I laid down on it and she came down off the couch and sat herself on top of the pillow right on my head, basically. She wasn't on me, but she was like right up next to me. She basically curled herself up right there. Like she had to be on the pillow next to me. Right. All right. I love this little dog. I let's, I miss her so much. Let's. Um, I do too. We're well. And let's, here's the other thing. We we want to talk about the the what we're doing to memorialize right, her. Okay. Right. So um, aside from this, you know, episode. Um, one of the things was that we had options for her remains. We could have just done the cremation and had her ashes spread over the ocean. Um, they offered an option of doing the cremation plus getting a paw print of hers. And they will send that to us. It's done in plaster. And they'll send that to us. And then the last option was to just return her, her whole remains plus, I think, the paw print to us. And while I love the idea of having her with us, I don't know what I would do with her ashes. Yeah. So we opted to go with just the paw print. So her ashes will be scattered over the ocean in a few weeks, and we'll have a paw print. Yeah. Or whenever they do the ash spreading, I don't know when they do that. Right. But that is what's going to happen, is she gets to she gets to finally go see the ocean. We always wanted to take her. We talked about taking her to Dog Beach when, you know, we could, when we could do that. When she was immunized and wasn't, you know, sick and was ha- wasn't having any issues. And, yeah. And we never I mean, got the chance to do it. Yeah, I mean... You know, suffice it to say, it was just our hands were tied. There were so many things that we couldn't do because of that. So uh, Colleen had a great idea that we're going to make a a shadow box. We're going to put the paw print and and the nose print, too? No, it's just the paw paw print, print. yeah. The paw print, the the fox toy, uh, her leash. uh, Her dress that uh, she was wearing. Her dress. And... um, so and her the, collar and her collar and and, and then at least a, a picture or two yeah yeah gonna get some pictures of her in there and and this you know what the greatest memory I have of her is laying on the couch in between us mm-hmm. uh, and so what I did is I put uh, I'll, I'll The blanket that we took her in yesterday mm-hmm. and her dress. I put, I put that on the couch. And uh, because I, I love seeing that red dress out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. And I keep thinking, not that she's there, but it helps me feel good. Like... She was there. Yeah. And it helps. So. It does. You know, one day we'll move it, but not for a while. So. Uh, it's, um, it's really tough to come home and not have her little face excited, you know, going, oh, it's dinner time, it's dinner time, feed me, feed me, even if it's, you know, two hours early. Right. We <laughs> She wanted dinner all the time. She wanted food all the time. Our you know, helicopter parents, I mean, you know, we we knew she had challenges and we did our best to take care of her. Yeah, we did. And it's so weird. You know, going somewhere and realizing we don't have to rush home to take her potty. We don't have to constantly think about, okay, dinner time has got to be this time because it's 12 hours after the the breakfast. And, you know, I won't be getting up at uh, 3 anymore with her, you know, because nope. she woke up early because yeah. she was hungry. So it, it, it is, it's a new normal. It is, it is very different. Yeah. And I'm very... I'm very sorry if you listen to this at work. Yeah. Sorry about that. But you might want to put a disclaimer at the beginning, uh, you know, in the show notes. Don't yeah. listen. Don't listen unless you have tissues, and don't listen unless you want people to see you crying. 
Right. So, um, until next time, this is uh, Jeff and Colleen saying that it's always better to ride along with friends. I hope you hug your fur babies close. And your real ones, too, actually. Yep. But appreciate what you have every day. Yeah. And because you never know. You, you, you just never know. So hug those that are close to you, family and friends. Make sure they know that you love them. And uh, until next time, <laughs> hopefully I won't be crying next time. No, I'm sure. But we until won't next be. time, this is Jeff and Colleen saying, "See you later." Thanks for listening. Bye, Bye-bye. and we love you, lady.